everyone to the great maker wrestling podcast a prairie proud wrestling podcast covering everything from winnipeg to worldwide my name is blair pacheco i i hope you are doing incredibly well i'm trying to change up the, the little intro so i'm not saying the same thing every single time so full disclosure that uh, this week's guest we had actually recorded it last week no idea what happened to the recording so i am very thankful that my guest has agreed to come back on to re-record it and so that we can have another incredible podcast for you so this week on the podcast joining me i'm i'm queuing it up joining me and it's none other than alex rain alex how are you doing oh, i'm doing good my man how's it going for you I'm doing good. What's uh, what's the weather like in Alberta right now? Because we've got a little bit of snow, but it's melty, so it's uh, like no snow whatsoever here. It's a little, a little misty outside, but nothing, nothing too bad. Yeah, I, I'm not gonna lie. Like winter is barely even here, and I'm already craving like spring <laughs> and summertime weather. So I'm a um, big winter man. So you're a big Makes winter that. guy. Oh yeah, yeah. I love, I love snowboarding. I love all that. So it's like. It's my favorite time of year. I've I've always wanted to go snowboarding, but I've never done it. I fear like I will blow out my knee the second I step onto it. <laughs> hey man, I mean next time you're here, we, we could we could always take you to a baby hill like a bunny hill. <laughs> Let's, hey. uh, <laughs> so um last not this past summer, the summer before, we went out to Calgary for family vacation and we got to go up to like Banff and all those places, eh? Like um oh, Maureen, yeah. Maureen Lake and stuff, and like actually getting to walk on that glacier that's up there was like super cool. Like I'm standing on there thinking it's like the greatest thing in the world. So like I'm definitely down to try snowboarding sometime. I'll go in the yeah, bay. There was I mean everybody starts somewhere, right? Like <laughs> I was there once. How long have you snowboarded for? Oh, for as long as I can remember, man. I think yeah. I was like two years old on a snowboard. Uh, okay, now I mean, I'm gonna assume most likely not. But have you ever tried surfing? I've tried like, um, like the fake surfing that you can okay. do at like West Ed and stuff like that. Okay, but nothing, I've, no real surfing. I just assume everybody that isn't like on the coasts, yeah, not, never tried surfing before, and that's something I've always wanted to do. Oh, I'd love to, man. It seems super cool. Um, I mean, like, before we get started, I mean, you talk about the love of snowboarding starting at a young age. You've always been into the more extreme sports, correct? Like the snowboarding, all that sort of fun stuff. Yeah? Yeah, absolutely. I uh, It all started with skateboarding for me. Like, I, I was a big fan of uh, the early, like, Tony Hawk video games. Mm -hmm. And so I got super into skateboarding from that. And then I found BMX and got into that. And then... Most recently, I found like inline skating and ended up doing that like kind of professionally. So really cool. I, I professionally, I got paid <laughs> to teach how to do it, but like <laughs> that's more than some people get. So I mean, a gig's a yeah. gig. It just sounds it sounds cooler when you say you do it professionally, you know? Oh, for sure. Uh, you know what? <laughs> I I had a skateboard when I was like sixteen. Uh, yeah, sixteen. I was in like grade ten ish, I think. I bought a skateboard and like the best I could do was a manual. I could not do an ollie <laughs> to save my life. 
honestly, skateboarding is like probably the hardest, hardest of the extreme sports to learn. It's crazy. But with BMXing, that's something that I, I like to this day, I would still go out and like pick up a BMX. I think they're, they're just a lot of fun to ride around. on. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Probably one of the, the more dangerous ones uh, hey? <laughs> with all the metal flying around. What's like with extreme sports and all that sort of stuff. Have you like been able to stay away from any severe injuries? Uh, the worst I've ever had is a broken collarbone. Oh. Right there. I think I was like 12 years old. I was jumping a jumping a pyramid, ended up catching catching the front end on on it, and went face first into the concrete. Oh. And ended up break ended up breaking my collarbone like this. I was like here, and then I I don't know how else to describe it other than show it. <laughs> <laughs> That must have been something else. I mean, you're coming home, and what's uh, what? Are, what are your parents saying at that one? Oh man, it was it was interesting because what happened is I ended up breaking it, walking most of the way to the hospital, and then my buddy went and got his mom, and his mom picked me up part way to the hospital, took me the rest of the way. So my mom didn't know until I was already at the hospital, and they were helping me out. So. She was pretty, she was pretty terrified, but she's kind of just like, you're an idiot, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's talk wrestling. And I mean, the, from like my first like introduction to you, I think it was a viral clip on Instagram. It was from one of your first matches and like, it just, it kind of like, it opened my eyes. Like, okay, like there's, there's something special with this kid. And I think that's one of the powers of social media. I mean, I was very thankful when I was going up to look up your matches that there was quite a few on YouTube, which is always a huge plus and a lot under your channel. So, I mean, like for yourself, what kind of advantages has social media been able to give to you? Well, it's been able to like introduce me to a lot of other people that I wouldn't have otherwise met, right? Like people, people from Eastern Canada that I've had interactions with that I've never been able to do, or I wouldn't have been able to do otherwise. Right. And I've been able to, grow a following of people that aren't necessarily in Edmonton, in Alberta. It's outside of Alberta. It's more than just that. Right. And I feel like that's the biggest advantage to it all. And for someone like yourself, I mean, uh, only if a little bit into wrestling, you know, a few years into it and with in today's day and age with social media and the internet and just the reach that it has, like it is such an incredibly powerful tool for someone younger starting off in wrestling just to get your name out there. Oh yeah, absolutely. I feel like I have like a bigger advantage starting out even just in the last three years than people did five years ago. Right. Like those people have had to, had to grind their way through like the local area. And then with the introduction of social media also I had to learn that as well. Whereas like social media has always been a part of it for me. Mm-hmm. So, well, I was, uh, truth be told, I was talking to Boris, the LPW commentator yesterday And we kind of talked about how, like, when we were growing up, I mean, there was no internet, no social media. And, like, the way we would be introduced to new wrestlers and new wrestling was through, like, old wrestling magazines. But for yourself now, I mean, like, you can go out there, you could research any wrestlers you want, you can watch footage from anyone at the click of a fingertip. So, like, for yourself, this is a pretty great position to be learning and growing from. Yeah, absolutely. It's kind of like... uh almost like modern tape trading, you know? Yeah. Instead of 
instead of having to mail VHS tapes, you could, you could just go online and see any match you want or any match that anybody has ever recommended, right? Like, mm -hmm. It's super cool. Now, I mean, you you grew up in Alberta, correct? Yeah. Um, what was growing up like for you besides the uh, love for extreme <laughs> sports? Oh, it was, uh, it was good. I grew up in a small town of probably, I think, 9,000 people at the most. Mm -hmm. So not the smallest town, not a village or anything, but it was a small town. So there wasn't a, a lot to do other than like extreme sports or I don't know. I wasn't really like a school sports kid, so mm -hmm. I didn't get into that kind of stuff. But yeah. So, I mean, like you grew up in a small town and when did you decide to make the move to Edmonton? Because that pertains to your training, correct? Yeah, so um, mid-pandemic, I kind of fell back in love with, with uh, wrestling, like early pandemic, I should say, 2020. Mm -hmm. um, I fell back in love with wrestling. And then uh, after after watching a couple of pay-per-views, I was like, man, I, I wonder if there's any schools in Edmonton. And so I looked into it and I looked around. And years ago, I had looked into Lance's school, but by the time I was looking, that wasn't running. So I had to like weigh some options a little bit right and i ended up contacting somebody in calgary and they uh they got back to me and were tell was telling me about the training and stuff and how it would go and then um i just decided like okay i'm gonna pack up and move but before i did that the girl i was with at the time her uh her auntie actually had a place in edmonton that they were looking to rent out so I was like, okay, Edmonton makes so much more sense. It's easier to get a place. It's easier to rent for me. So I started looking into schools in Edmonton. And by the time, by the time I got here, uh, top talent had, had started up. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, I think I was three or four months in, or sorry, four or five months after they started, I ended up going for a couple of months. And then, yeah, it's kind of how it all started for me. Okay, now there's a little bit to unpack here. The first off is fell out of love with rest or fell back in love with wrestling. Mm -hmm. So where did you first fall in love with wrestling? I so it's tough for me because I always grew up I grew up watching wrestling, right? My entire basically my entire childhood because my dad loved it, my papa loved it, my mom loved it, everybody in my family loved it. So it took me it was just it was just kind of like there as like a background kind of like a background thing for me but um my dad bought wrestlemania 25 mm -hmm. and we ended up watching that and that's where i got my first introduction to jeff hardy okay in his um in his match against matt hardy the extreme rules match or whatever they did mm -hmm. when when matt like burned his house down and stuff you know that, <laughs> that crazy ass storyline <laughs> but that's that's when i fell in love with wrestling Mm -hmm. And like, it became my whole personality. Everything, everything was wrestling. Everything was Jeff Hardy. All of that was like, it was just me. Right. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah. That's one of those things where like, cause I had kind of checked out for a bit at that point, but talking to a lot of the people who got into wrestling around that area, it's incredible how much of an impact Jeff Hardy has had on their lives and being an influence on them growing forward. And you were no different. Oh yeah, exactly. I mean, like even just all around, he's been, well, I don't want to say all around, but for the most part, he's been an inspiration to me, even in like other parts of my life, like art and, and even fashion and stuff like that. It's, it's all started with Jeff Hardy and like his, his openness to express himself. Right. 
Mm -hmm. and and when it comes to being a wrestler and being creative i mean it's nice to have those different avenues to almost like check out and see like whether it's musically art Mm -hmm. so like to have all of that it almost like adds another level to you as a wrestler yeah exactly yeah um so that was sort of your your falling in love with wrestling but like where and when did you kind of like stop so <laughs> Jeff Hardy lost a cage match to CM Punk mm-hmm. in 2009, 2010. So it would have been about the same year that uh, that I fell in love with wrestling. Okay. And so I watched that. I remember like watching that live and then Jeff leaving and cutting his promo and I was bawling my eyes out and sad. <laughs> and like I tried to keep watching wrestling after that and I tried to like just keep following it, but nobody there, was, there wasn't anybody on the roster that I was like as in love with as Jeff Hardy, right? So yeah. I couldn't really, didn't really have anybody to follow, didn't really have anybody to tune in every week and cheer for, right? So I kind of just slowly stopped, stopped watching. Mm-hmm. And I think that happens to a lot of people. At some point, there's uh, something occurs, whether it's wrestling related, life related, where you just kind of like peace out for a little bit. You take that breather, but you almost always get like roped back into it. it. I don't know what it is about wrestling, but it has that power to really drag you back in. Well, that's the, that's the amazing thing about wrestling, right? Is like, it's an ever going storyline. You have ever growing characters. You have all these things that are always going to be there. Like I think of the undertaker, right. As the best example, he's kind of part of the reason I fell back in love with wrestling, but just the fact that I was a kid watching the undertaker, I took some time off. I came back. I watched The Undertaker at WrestleMania 25. I took some time off. I came back. I watched The Undertaker at WrestleMania 30, right? Like, take some time off. Come back. I'm still being able to watch The Undertaker or see The Undertaker, right? Even now, even though he's not wrestling now, he's got his docuseries. He's got his few appearances on TV. He's just always there, right? He's an ever-growing character that we get to see. And so that's like, I think that's the coolest part of wrestling is even if you do take a break, you can always come back and just slot right back in, you know? Now, one other thing I wanted to unpack from like getting, you know, the move to Edmonton and everything was like moving during the pandemic and what that must've been like, because for a lot of people, and to this day, it is still, it's still difficult, you know, whether you're dealing just with the risk of getting sick or just different things mentally, like it, it can weigh a lot and weigh a lot on a person, but for yourself to pack up, and move, you know, to a different city altogether. That's that had to have been stressful and a big change. Oh, absolutely. But um, it's kind of just like I've always wanted to move to the city. So when I would, when I got the opportunity to do that, and wrestling was a part of that, I was like, hell yeah! Like, why not? What's the worst that's going to happen? Right? Like, I end up going back up north. Whatever, right? It happens. Yeah. Yeah. But um, moving to the city was crazy because. I had grown up as Edmonton being this big city, this big, crazy place. Right. And then when we got here, it was a ghost town. Like I think every day, maybe I, when I was driving down the yellowhead, I would see like four or five vehicles. It was insane. Mm -hmm. It was like probably the craziest time of my life. Just seeing nobody in a city like that. It, It was weird. I know for myself, even driving to work because I still had to go like my job. It was, yeah. It's a very blue collar job that, you know, you're going in. So 
I'd be driving to work and I'd be able to get to work in 20 minutes because there's nobody else on the road as opposed to the 30, 35 that it is now. It's, it was yeah. a much different scene out and about. Yeah, it was kind of, it was weird watching the world open back up too, because when I'd moved here, nobody was out there. And I kind of got used to nobody, nobody being out there and being able to not go to certain places and go to certain places. And then everything started opening up slowly. And it's just like, I had to like relearn the city because, because it was opening up and more people were out and about now. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, let's talk training at top talent. I mean, what was that like first day hitting in there? What was the experience like? So for me, I went in to, uh, just kind of watch a class the first time I went in. I just wanted to see what the training was like for them. I wanted to see what kind of what kind of things they were doing. And um, so so uh, Justin Harlan Abbott he had uh, he told me to just come and sit and watch. And I was like, okay, cool. And then we sat. I got to see them do a couple practice matches, and I thought that was super cool. And then he let me get in the ring a little bit, not bumping or running or anything, but just like being able to stand in there and see what it's like. And then yeah, like immediately I just knew that that's where I wanted to train, right? And I saw, I saw um, Harlan Abbott and MRB work work a little bit in there. And then I watched Zoe Sager and, uh, um, oh, I can't remember the other girl's name, but there was Zoe Sager and another girl working, um, worked a practice match that day. And I thought it was awesome. And um, TFA, Tara from Accounting was there that first day as well. And she she was able to like, kind of introduced me to the the behind the scenes of wrestling a little bit when I first showed up as well as uh Bernard Omen. Okay. Yeah, he got he showed me a little bit as well and I thought that was very very it was just very very open and welcoming when I first went in and I was like, yeah, this is absolutely the place I'm going to train. You had mentioned some names that really have left a big imprint on wrestling, especially in Western Canada. The two I wanted to talk about were MRB and Harlan Abbott, Harlan Abbott, because I can't think of two wrestlers who have influenced more of today's current wrestlers than those two. And being able to learn from those two, that had to have been just, I want to say, you know, the cat's ass, but like, you can't ask for two better people to learn from when it comes to wrestling. Yeah, I didn't know it at the time, but like, when I first started training, I was training with probably the two best in Alberta, maybe even Canada, right? Like, very it was very um it was just like i was lucky to be there you know i didn't i didn't have uh the knowledge of of who these people were at the time right but now that i know i'm like wow i can't believe i can't believe that was my my introduction to wrestling right so learning from those two i mean what were some of the biggest piece of advice that you were able to take away from them um so in general, I think the biggest piece of advice I've gotten from from them is just like making moments of wrestling, mm -hmm. right? We like wrestling. Wrestling's about the moves, but it's not the moves that get remembered. It's the moments after the moves, right? It's like like I described last time: Jeff Hardy jumping off the ladder onto CM Punk at SummerSlam that's remembered for his big moment where he's on the ladder at the top and does his thing. Right. It's not remembered for him jumping off. It's not really remembered for him laying, like 
like getting up and going crazy and winning the match or whatever. I can't, I can't remember exactly how that match went, but um, it's remembered. Like when, when you visualize that, you visualize the moment of him on top of the ladder before he jumped, right? And that's the kind of thing is like being able to pause in wrestling and take those moments and let those moments breathe and just drive those moments home so that people remember something. Because mm-hmm. people remember crazy moves, but it's not not the same impact as a crazy moment mm-hmm. right uh, that is something that i think definitely gets lost when it comes to wrestling sometimes like there's all these big moves but sometimes it's the moment before which holds more weight than anything that happens afterwards because that is what you're cycling back to each and every time and there's been incredible moments and in matches that were just okay matches but it's the moment that during that match that made it something special Oh yeah, absolutely. I feel like there's a lot of matches where it's like, you don't remember the match, you remember the moment, mm-hmm. right? Like, I don't remember anything from Hogan and Andre except for the moment of Hogan lifting him up and power slamming, right? Like, I don't remember anything from um, John Cena, Edge, and Big Show except for John Cena lifting up Edge and Big Show on his shoulders. Mm-hmm. I, that's that's the thing is I only remember the big moments. I don't remember the match. Yeah, like with the uh, you know the outsiders versus Luger, Savage, and Sting. You're not remembering that match. You're remembering Hogan coming down to the ring. You're remembering Heenan saying, "What side is he on?" You know that is what you're <laughs> taken away from that match. So yeah, um, I want to ask about your first match. Who it was with? What you were thinking heading into it? Just your overall feelings about it. I was super nervous going into my first match. And like, I'm, I'm the kind of guy that doesn't really get super nervous about a lot of things. I've done a lot of acting and a lot of dance and stuff like that. So I've been on stage in front of lots of people before. But when you're so like, I like to say desperately passionate about something, it's just like, it, it overwhelms you, you know? So being backstage and getting ready to go on for my first wrestling match, when it's something that I've always wanted to do, I was, I, it was nervous like I've never felt before, but um, Mitch Clark was a great help in that match. He, mm-hmm. he guided me through everything in the back. He was checking on me, making sure I was okay, making sure everything was like, I had everything. Um, I had everything like remembered. I was good to go. He was making sure that like the other guys were going to be good to me and like helping me out. And it was just, it was a blessing to have Mitch there for my first match. But yeah, it was, um, I think it was a five-way scramble. It was me, Mitch, um uh, white shirt william taylor dalton rogue and i always forget one person as a different person every time <laughs> uh, but yeah like it was it was a great it was a great match man mm-hmm. maybe maybe not like amazing as a match but it was a great first experience for me um now i mean like i i was like I mentioned before, I was fortunate when I went to go to YouTube, you know, I'm searching up Alex Rain, big props to Nate Nixon for having some matches up on there. <laughs> and then I found some of yours too. And then I'm watching the matches and what I noticed, like, besides, you know, the high flying is that like little things like arm drags, a little, a slight different movements, but it's things that make you stand out. And mm-hmm. what you had mentioned before with moments and like letting the time breathe 
it's very noticeable with you with your in-ring work because there's one match I'll bring up later where you had hit a big move and then you stopped to let the crowd react to it before mm-hmm. continuing on. And I think for someone who is only a few years into this, that is a huge, huge advantage to you when it comes to your in-ring work. Yeah, that's something that uh, Harlan has spent a lot of time on with me is, well, not just me, but like everybody in the class is, even when we're planning stuff or even when we're practicing stuff, it's all, it's always about the moments, right? Even in training, pause for the moment. You may not have a crowd there to react to, but there's still a moment there to be had, right? So if it's like, I don't know, tackle, drop down, leapfrog, you hit that tackle, you stand there, you let that moment breathe so that everybody just saw that you did that and then you go, Mm -hmm. right? It's not like, it's not like tackle, run. It's tackle, breathe, go. Yeah. It's very important. It it is. And I think it's something that like, until you think of why it's happening, you just, you're always left like, okay, well, let's keep going. And then it's like, no, no, no. You need to have that breather. You have to let the moves just sink in. Let the moment sink in. That's where you're going to have it meaning something. Yeah. I feel like it's the most important thing in wrestling. Mm Mm-hmm. Like it's, the, it's like the same thing as selling, right? Selling is about making moments. Yeah. And wrestling is about making moments. And it's, like I said, I think it's the most important thing. Um. Now, I mean, I mentioned the matches and one I wanted to bring up was your match with Harlan Abbott. And I can't remember the promotion it was from before, <laughs> but it's up on your YouTube and I, I encourage everyone to check it out. <laughs> um, uh, how did you two manage to find the two kids with mullets in the entire audience and bring them into the ring. Oh man. Um, honestly, that's all, that's all Harlan. He's, he's got such a talent for, um, like I said, making moments, you know, mm-hmm. so he saw the one kid with a mullet. He paused. He was like, does that kid have a mullet? Holy crap. Like he went, he was going off for a little bit and then we circle a bit more and then he spots another kid with a mullet and he's like, no way. No way. And so he like brought him in and he's like, let's have a competition. Who has the better mullet? <laughs> yeah, man. That's like, that was probably one of the, one of the more, more fun matches I've ever had in my career. It was just like, it was just, it was wild. It, I, like I said, I didn't even realize that was on my YouTube. I thought I, <laughs> I thought it was just like unlisted or whatever, but I'm glad you saw it. It's a, it's a crazy match, man. <laughs> And something like that, like you can't plan that in the back. So that's all just like improv on the go when you're out there. And it's one of those things where like you're you're not hoping for something like that to happen, but when it happens organically, it makes it something special. I'll uh, I'll let you in on a little secret here. I found out about that match like five minutes before. Really? So yeah, because I think something happened in the back, and I ended up having to switch opponents, mm-hmm. and so. Um, yeah, like that's just a testament to Harlan, right? He's, he, we, we went over a couple things that we did do in training and he's like, yeah, do you remember that? Do you remember this? Okay, let's do that. And then he just talked me through everything else, right? Like he's such a talent in the ring that mm-hmm. we spent, I, what, we spent probably 10 minutes on the kids and then the rest of the match, he just like talked me through everything. Right. So it was very cool. Like I'll, I'll pull back the curtain slightly for the listeners because like before a show, you know, you will have the people who are competing in matches, you know, they'll be talking about what's Mm going to happen. 
you know, and that'll happen hours before. And then it's just the prep getting ready. So for you two to be able to do that 10 minutes before, I mean, that really says a lot, especially it shows a lot for the leadership from Harlan and also for yourself, just being able to go out there under those circumstances and deliver a match like that. Yeah. Like I said, it's a testament to Harlan's skill, right? He's, he's such a talent out there. Um, you've done your singles wrestling. Um, you've also done tag team wrestling. I mean, you and son of Irish are the current as of now, RCW tag champs. Yep. And flight, risk. You, flight risk. And then you've also tagged with, uh, Jared Rogers for awkward adventures. <laughs> oh yes. <laughs> how, how did these two teams come to come to be? So I'll start, I'll start with Aqua adventure. Okay. Um, that one was interesting. So Jared Rogers and I, we both um, ended up riding with Riley Rose to the best entertainment wrestling event out in warm in Saskatchewan, which is like not far from Saskatoon. And when we're driving into Saskatoon, you see, we see the sign like not far from our hotel and it says Aqua Adventure, Saskatchewan's best water park, two new slides. And I just, I think I was overtired from the drive. Maybe I was bored, but for some reason I found it to be the funniest thing. And so I just started riffing on it and riffing on it nonstop. I was like, I was like, they're all new to me. And I was like, the best water park? We have to go. Like, we can't not go to Aqua Adventure. Mm-hmm. Just, I spent the whole weekend making jokes about it. And Jared was in on that making jokes. And then Riley got in on it making jokes. And Riley's mom got in on it making jokes. It was like, we we ended up just like, joking about it the whole weekend and like i made it my whole personality that weekend i uh i was working heel for the first time ever Mm -hmm. and for some reason i just decided that me as a heel just didn't want to be wrestling he only wanted to be at aqua adventure (laughs) so the entire time i was i was beating up tony novak and then i'd go to the ropes and be like i shouldn't even be here i should be at aqua adventure right now and i I don't know, man. It just like it kept going, and so um, the second time around, when we ended up going to to uh, BW for our trios match with Sage Matthews against, uh, I think they call themselves Neapolitan, um, we uh, we just decided to go all in. We were like, okay, we're Aqua Adventure now. We're we made it a stable. We made jokes about it. We're just gonna do it. Mm-hmm. So we started. Yeah, we ended up going out together as two-thirds of aqua adventure we were wearing the same shirt the same i do beach barbie shirt cut off sleeves crop top right high so it's like you can see our belly buttons as we're coming out it was it was wild we just went all in on it and just had a blast with it and like that's some of the that's some of the most fun wrestling ever is when you're just doing it for fun right Mm-hmm. I, I mean, might as well just add Riley to the group and the three of you can just rock and roll as Aqua Adventures, take over the prairies <laughs> and ride those water slides. Yeah, ride the water slides. <laughs> How did the teaming with uh, Son of Irish come to be? So we, we'd uh, talked a bit, like, just at shows. I We had never worked the same show together because he was working Love and I was, like, basically only working RCW. And so we never really crossed paths, but I'd go watch his shows and then I'd see him. I'd talk to him a little bit afterwards. He'd come watch my show. I'd see him talk to him a little bit afterwards. And that's kind of all our interaction was for a while. But then um, 
one day we were just talking we're like man we should just we, we should tag or something we should wrestle and then uh he ended up coming to rcw for a show and him and i had a match together and so um we actually got to like get to know each other a bit there and we got to know each other's styles a bit and then afterwards we were just talking we're like man it'd be so fun to tag with you like we've got we've got such similar styles we're both high risk high reward kind of style right like very high flying like we call ourselves flight risk because we're doing risky maneuvers <laughs> we're flying to do so right <laughs> so flight risk um so yeah like i said it's just like we didn't really interact and then we had that one match and we really bonded in that match and got to know each other and then we worked a couple other shows just like we were on the same same show with rcw and then we started tagging just just as like a random thrown together tag team <laughs> and then the more we did that the more fun we were having and then we just decided like yeah let's go all in on this let's make it an actual tag team let's like get a name let's get a song and yeah we just like we went all in on that and yeah now here we are it's funny how just the thrown together tag teams like that those are the ones that can really like come together and be something special you know like when you look throughout history it'll just you know two singles guys you know okay like there's the chance it works chance it fails but when it does click man does it ever yeah. click. oh absolutely yeah i gotta give i gotta give a lot of credit to irish too he was um he was really pushing for us to tag he was really excited about it so mm-hmm. it took took me a little warming up to the idea of tagging because i've always thought of myself as like a singles wrestler but now that now that we're doing it and now that he's gotten me out there and, and running matches like that has been a lot of fun um i want to ask because you had mentioned uh you know making the trek with uh jared riley and riley's mom and mm-hmm. i i know riley's mom is a big supporter of her um i want to ask about your parents were they able to come check out your first match uh, the, the support from them i mean i feel like your family is right there behind you cheering you on every step of the way oh yeah they've always they've always supported the dream of being a wrestler like my mom and dad saw me like wrestling on the trampoline as a kid and wrestling in the backyard with my buddies doing like these little put together shows that we would do and they just like they i think they knew that that's what i always wanted to do so then like when i when i actually got into wrestling and started training they knew that they knew i was like all in on it right so they've always been super supportive of that stuff and i feel like um sorry not feel like but like uh i guess i do feel like i feel like the support from them is a big reason why why i'm able to like what's the word be so not not confident but be so like assured of myself out there you know mm-hmm. it's like it's a nerve-wracking thing to get into just kind of like full stand into wrestling but having the support from my family has been a lot like very helpful um, I wanted to ask because when I was watching some of your matches, I had noticed the symbols on your shorts, and I was hoping you could explain those to the listeners and to myself who may not know what that means. Mm-hmm. So the those are Cree slabics on my shorts, okay. and they're for um, the Cree word for rain. Mm-hmm. Instead of having like Alex Rain on my shorts, I just have rain written in Cree slabics. Uh, now, for yourself, I mean. Th- like you're a younger wrestler and I mean, what's it like knowing that you are going to be influenced, not influencing, but like you're going to be looked up to as a role model for a lot of, of many of the younger generations going forward, because like there aren't always those sort of role models when it comes to wrestling. 
Mm -hmm. Yeah, I feel like, um, especially in wrestling, as a Native person, there's there's very few non-stereotypical role models, Mm -hmm. right? So, like, we look back, we have, like, Tatanka, right? That was the most overtly Native person out there, but he built it off a stereotype, right? Yeah. So it's like, he's a great wrestler, he's a great person, but, like, I never liked him because of that. Mm-hmm. And so as somebody who I don't want to say like wants to push that away. Um, but as somebody who doesn't really appreciate like the stereotype stereotype aspect of wrestling, I want to be able to be a better role model for the kids. Not, not necessarily a better wrestler, but a better role model and like be able to show them that you can be a good wrestler who happens to be native, or mm-hmm. you can be good, good at anything and just happen to be native instead of being a native person that's good at wrestling, you know? A hundred percent. I got a couple more for you, then I'm going to let you go and enjoy your Sunday. Um, Now, I always ask for a match recommendation. So one that you're a fan of that you think the listeners should go ahead and check out. So I feel like you might have one or two for me. Oh, absolutely. I've got a couple here for you. So first one, favorite match of all time. I think anybody who knows me, knows that I love this match because I referenced it nonstop. Mm-hmm. But Jeff Hardy versus The Undertaker in that latter match, when the moment, like I said, the moment mm-hmm. when Jeff Hardy's climbing the ladder and he's climbing slowly and you hear G- JR yell, climb that ladder, kid, make yourself famous, is steered into my brain. It's, mm-hmm. it's my favorite moment of all time in wrestling. And I've, I've based a lot of, a lot of my wrestling and a lot of my match matches off of that stuff. Like I've had, I had a match with Harlan Abbott where we did the whole after match thing where he, he raised my hand or no, he, he came out, he beat me up after the match, after he just beat me. And then he came out and he went to go beat me up again and he stopped. And then he raised my hand and then I fell over after that. And like that match alone is what got me, got me over in Edmonton and made me as like as big of a baby face as I am in Edmonton. So without, in my mind, without that Undertaker match, I feel like the match we had wouldn't happen. And like I said, it's a testament to Harlan's, Harlan's skill because he knew in that moment that that's what was going to work, right? Yeah. So it was very cool. But the second match I have a recommendation, have, re- have to recommend for you is Rey Mysterio versus Will Ospreay at the World Cup. Okay. Fantastic. It's a great, it's a great showcase of... Um, like baby versus baby style it's not a lot of like, there's not a lot of like there's good baby versus baby but i feel like that's one of my one of the best showcases of that style mm-hmm. uh, like i that's one i definitely have to go back to check out again because i love both of those two and it's funny just the impact that they have both had on wrestling mm-hmm. like you don't always think of those two but like to this day they're still leaving such a positive imprint on wrestling yeah, and in my mind, I never thought that I would see Rey Mysterio doing an indie show like that. And to like to be able to do a show like that and then have it be against one of the future goats of wrestling is mm-hmm. so sick. It's very cool to see. Now, for yourself, um, what do you have for upcoming shows? Um, so, not exactly sure going into November here. I have to I can't remember off the top of my head, but the best way to uh, 
to see where I'm going to be is like follow RCW. I work almost, almost every Edmonton show they have. I try to work as many Calgary shows as they have and do, do a lot of their small town shows, but I try and post on my socials as many times as I can about where I'm going to be. So. And those socials for the listeners, if they're not all already following you. So it is Alex rain underscore on everything. And that's Alex with an I A L I X. Perfect. Alex, thank you so much for doing this for a second time. Yeah, of course. Thank you so much to Alex. And thank you for checking out the podcast. I say it every time. I will always say it. I truly appreciate you taking time out of your day to listen to me talk about wrestling. So if it's your first time listening, you can find me up on all social media. Just search Grainmaker Wrestling Podcast. No TikTok, though. Everything but that. Uh, email grainmakerpodcast at gmail.com. Up on all podcast streaming platforms. And you can find me every Saturday up on Love Wrestling doing four exposure with my good friend Plugo as we take a look at the world of independent wrestling. So thanks again for checking out the podcast. We'll talk soon.